Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Trek Culture Podcast. I am one of your two lovely hosts. I am Sean Ferrick. Joining me, as always, is the beacon of sunshine and, in fact, the penumbra to said sunshine as well. It is the wonderful Tom Roberts Finn. How are you, Tom? Are you well this morning? Hello. Yeah, I just a big sigh just before you started saying hello to the on the podcast. So I was worried. I demand that be left in the edit as well, <laughs> okay. or this entire bit is going to be so weird. And yeah. also, we have a witness to me asking you to leave that in the edit. They call him the edit king. They call him the edit queen because he is equal opportunities. It is, in fact, Chris Thompson. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Yeah. Much like the uh, Betazoid gift box over the weekend, I too have lived a few lives. I, I, I suspect... Do you know what planet you're on right now? Uh, yeah, uh, the old neighborhood. <laughs> Good, we got you back for this. Yeah, man, soul system, let's go. <laughs> um, we have we 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 have many bits to cover, but shall we jump into our hot topic? Well, that's fast. <laughs> Not the first time I've heard that. Uh... <laughs> I want to open, before we go anywhere else, I have a couple of, I'm going to say apologies with an asterisk, right? So I have read and experienced Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I absolutely loved it. I have never seen a single frame of Twin Peaks. So to everyone out there who quite correctly said, did you not see these two? Um... Uh, Easter eggs for the Twin Peaks one. When we when people put the 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 side by side of the two scenes, I can only apologise because oh, it is so clearly that scene from Twin Peaks. I, I I get it now. I get it and love the fact that when you play it backwards, it is not your time with Bradford Boimler. Love it. I will watch all of the things, but before the next episode uh, for the Hitchhiker's Guide, I have less ground to stand on. I'm sorry, I missed it. Um. I do love me some fjords too. 
Okay, that's 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 my rant. What about ye? Did ye enjoy the episode? Well, I grew up with Twin Peaks, so I feel like I should have caught it. I think it needed to go further, maybe ha- like have the red curtains in the background uh, for me to like really catch it. But beyond the uh, the, the flooring, I didn't I didn't really catch the uh, the Easter egg there, Sean. So okay, well I feel a bit better now. Well, I did catch the Easter egg, so <gasps> na, na, na. No, I'm a big Twin Peaks fan. I, I started watching it in 2017, and then I only finished the second season. Anyone who's watched Twin Peaks' second season is quite a slog halfway through, so I only really finished that like a year or two ago. So I think it was more in my brain. Um, and uh, when it first came up, I was like, oh, I think they're doing a Twin Peaks thing because of, as you said, the floor, the layout of the room and everything. And then when they started speaking backwards, I went, okay, they are. Which um, actually, for me, bumped up the uh, the scoring for this <laughs> for this episode just by one, just because um, I'm quite a big David Lynch fan. So I was like, "Yay!" I also liked. So it's set on a ring world. This one, right? This yeah, episode, it is. Which is a big sci-fi uh, trope. Um, not sure if it's a reference to anything specific. It might be Halo. Uh, it this might. Is it. I, I, I have I, I heard was... tell of this <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, as 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 a video game, right? No, joking aside, this was like I am aware of Halo. I know I'm not a gamer, yeah. but yeah. I am aware of Halo, and yeah, I just got excited with the Larry Niven of it all because you've got your Kazinti and you've got your Ring World. It's definitely Niven. the source. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll give you that much. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I think like in pop culture right now, I think Halo was the the, the prevailing like reference to to Larry Niven's Ring World. Uh, I, I I think I would agree with you stuff. and the many, 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 many people who agree with you on that one as well. I I I I think I think that's right. Plus, um, I don't know. Do you guys watch those videos on YouTube where they do like comparing ship sizes and like Halo's always the last one they do because it's the I'm just right, gonna say cool. Ring World. Uh, and I'm just like, I mean, I have seen it several times, but Larry never. Well, I was gonna bring up the Ring World novels, but I didn't know it was the same writer. My brain just didn't connect those things. So I'm ah. learning something here as well. We're all learning things in this episode, which is quite nice. Um, but no, that's really cool. I didn't know that. And I just edited a video about the Kazinti recently, so I should have known, but I don't retain information while editing videos. <laughs> I just blankly press buttons. Well, what did we actually think of the episode? Oh yeah, <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I thought it was. I think this season so far has been nicely consistent. We had our amazing intro episode, which was obviously let's belt people around the head with nostalgia, and that's fine. And then we had Mootsy, just been amazing. Uh, I thought this was quite good. Um, th- I think because I I I liked the the three separate storylines. I I did kind of like how that worked because I think the fact that we got as much of a storyline with Freeman and Ransom as we did is a sign that I like that it we're getting outside of our just our core lower deckers. Um and I like that we're getting more storylines. Um so overall I quite liked it. Probably of the three we've watched so far, I might say I would rank them one, two, three, but I ha- I did enjoy it. I think this was like perhaps the first time that the the let's go to a museum full of Star Trek trinkets was probably a bit lazily contrived. I think like we have this room of all these things that we're in charge of, like taken back to uh, wherever they just happen to be like what twenty year olds, 
from like TNG and DS9. Um, yeah, I, I just think like, well, what three things can we get into the, what three things can we reference like and have them be pivotal? How can we get them on the ship? Oh, there's just this room that they now have access to. I still love the Easter eggs, man, but like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a, I had a similar th- feeling with this one. I, I remember, like when it was the, uh, the game from DS9, I was like, okay, like it's starting to feel like it's now this reference, okay. But then when he was in the game and they were doing the Calamari counter, whatever, um, sure. I was actually, I was in my head clapping and dancing like a little boy going, ah, <laughs> I get it. So like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's this weird having your cake and eat it with this show where you're like, okay, uh, you know, maybe do something a bit different or maybe use a niche reference or maybe use a reference that doesn't feel like it's just here for the sake of it. But then the reference will happen and I'll go, ah, ha, ha, I get the reference. So it's like, yeah, it's this weird battle. I think um, once, you, I, once you're on board of it, you just, you you accept it. Once you're over there, sort of like, uh, then you realize, oh, it's just lower decks, man. Go with it. Like, what, yeah. why, why is there the clown on board Voyager that... That was never in the holograms. Yeah. Just go with it, man. Well, yeah. That's like I, I love that. So one thing I think I loved about particularly the Chula game is what Lower Decks seems to be going out of its way to take some of the wackier, sillier elements that perhaps were not reviewed too kindly of Star Trek and kind of doing them in nearly a new light or in a let's all have a laugh kind of way. That like I you know. For better or worse, we all know the Alamorain song. It's there. It's stamped into our minds. So we were singing along with Rutherford, like you were saying, Tom, as well. And like, we're kind of, yep. And then you go to the fourth shop and that's, and it's kind of like, we know that when these episodes came out, they flopped hard. So let's have a laugh with them. And of course, the other example being the lizard babies in uh, the Voyager episode as well, which was just like, I mean, yeah, like, I, I will not rest until Threshold gets its proper day in the sun. But I just loved, like, you know, let's do the Lizard Babies because there's, they're the, they were the innocent ones. It wasn't fair that anyone should, uh, should, you know, be mean to those poor Lizard Babies. They didn't ask to be born. So yeah. you want more Threshold? I, I want them to, like, stop with the Threshold references. <laughs> oh, but... We already had uh, your salamander from the farm. Oh yeah, of course. And then I forgive me that the name has gone straight out of my head, so I'm going to say Jerry. Uh, yeah, but, and then we have Jerry. What happened to him? No one really knows. And I thought <laughs> that was brilliant, you know. And then he, then the scene later on where he's there in a Hawaiian shirt as well, just fantastic. I did. I did find it very funny with with him going through the games quickly as possible, and like doing everything speed running. Yeah. 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 I, really I, I, I teach Sean that term. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Ups and downs. Cause as we all know, he's not a video gamer guys. I am no. not a video gamer. <laughs> it reminded me there's a clip online of, um, comedian Sean Walsh, not sure. Yeah. Sean Walsh. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Where he, he's going through the tape modern, like, as quickly as possible, just like storming through, looking at all the paintings and then going to the next room and looking at all the... It made me think of that, which made me laugh. It was an okay episode. I basically thought it was right. Uh, the things that bumped it up for me were the the few references that I really liked, but that only bumped it up a little bit. The rest of it, I was like, this is okay. There, so there's the, the Boimler stuff where he's too scared that he you know, he's going to have a fatality or something or an injury during his first mission where he's in charge. So then because he worries about it, he's doing it himself and causing loads of havoc and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine, <clears throat> but it's such a lower decks thing to do. I'm like, oh, 
I know, I know what this is. I know the bit you're doing, and it's gonna. Fr- I get, I get sort of frustrated. I think this is a personal thing as well. When I know that a character is doing a thing that's actually not helping, I end up getting frustrated. So I think it was just a mixture of those type of things in this episode that made me sort of left it as like, okay, that was okay. I, I think the most enjoyable thing for me, well, it, let's say if um, the introduction of Peanut Hamper was my my most disliked introduction. Um, I think the introduction that they've landed the most is to Lynn. And yes. uh, she won uh, Sean's Latinum Up of the episode. Uh, and I just have to agree with him fullheartedly. Like, I'm enjoying to Lynn so much. Um, yeah. Just just the, the, the deadpan. Um, it's, it's going further than what to Pring can, if, if you know what I mean, on, yeah. on, on Strange New Worlds. Um, her stuff is amazing. Uh, but to Lynn, it's just that, just that extra, extra yard or so. I think. I'm yeah, that you just reminded me. Sorry. Um, so this will go out on on Tuesday. But a happy belated birthday to Gia Santu, whose birthday it was over the weekend. So oh, brilliant. You just reminded me there. Um, I actually I love that point because we get so much comedy and seriousness from Tipring on Strange New Worlds, but. Even as wild as Strange New Worlds has gone, we're still somewhat limited by the format, whereas on Lower Decks, you can go a bit bonkers. And Tulin is getting to do that. And it's just having that straight-faced character in these wild scenarios, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. You know, it's like, it's like a, I've made the point, we've all made the point several times, that, you know, having Spock be this comedy character on Strange New Worlds works so well because of the deadpan delivery. And I feel it, it's that heightened here on Lower Decks when you've got Talyn acting the exact same way they would in, uh, say, a serious episode or whatever, and yet it just works so well. And she gives brilliant advice as well. I love Talyn. Sorry, I'm loving Talyn. Mike McMahon, if you kill off Talyn, we're going to have words. Uh, the joke I liked the most this episode, actually, was uh, was a stupid throwaway one, but it made me appreciate the show a lot. It was the combat joke where they're so close to each other that when he tests it, there's feedback like it's a phone. <laughs> and I just thought like, it's so, there's so many jokes, like one after each other. And like that, that was such a throwaway thing that didn't need to happen. But the writers are like making, you know, there's a lot of effort. And like, I think it's simple, but clever doing that sort of joke. So those type of things make me really appreciate the show. They're definitely working to animation comedy rules that, that I heard of. Like, you know, you have to have like, so many jokes like per minute and and keep the action moving and you know th- th- this was called out in strange new worlds as well uh how fast they talk uh in comparison yeah 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 oh my rather God, how that. slow they talk in the uh strange new worlds you know <laughs> and they're incredibly specific references as well uh, <laughs> i'm like there was the, there was the gag that i i really want to get more to just ransom the art critic as well it's such a throwaway moment and i just laughed so much just a complete lack of form and expression, just so <laughs> yeah. amateurish. And, and it was just so funny. Sorry, that really, that one really got me as well. Um, this unexpected <laughs> joke in the middle of all of, you know, everything else. Um, uh, We've had three seasons of Ransom now, but like f- for me, season four, out, out of all the seasons, he's shining the most in season four. Yep. Big time. It kind of goes back to the point of like, so far, I know we're only three episodes in, but it looks like season four is expanding beyond the lower deckers. And maybe that's one of the reasons for the promotion. 
as well to kind of they're still lower deckers but we're outside of the hall and now all those ensigns have been forgotten about and someone switched off the lights and now they're just walking around in the dark which is something I would totally believe would happen on the Cerritos as well uh, Towel Guy is just kind of trying to find his way to his bunk the whole time um, I, I think you can like keep the show called Lower Decks and follow them all the way up the, the command chain um, like because like after all like the Cerritos is like the lower deck ship of the fleet like Freeman is the lower decks of like Starfleet. <laughs> like let's be real, it it's like Freeman. Wise. It's yeah. like when Freeman didn't get the invite to the party in an embarrassment of Duplers. Absolutely, uh, it's like she's a captain. Just you know, she's just well, she's as much a captain now. as anyone else was. Yeah, yeah, really earned yeah. it by now. <laughs> what did we think of the the whole sort of uh, reboot computer section of it? I, I liked the gag of like, oh no, this is a benevolent world controlling computer. And it was, we need to create a crisis. Here we go. Uh, just just like uh, the speed running of Move Along Home, uh, the Tula game there, um, that new spin on it, it was nice to have the new spin on the computer that needs maintenance storyline. Um, he's not evil. You know, he's, he's benevolent. It's all good. I do like how they do that. They, they, they take these sort of like old tropes and and they they add something new to it, or they spin it in such a way. I just didn't appreciate the uh, the different design for the Catan probe that cost me and Sean a lot of head scratching. It was a it was a clear reference to Inner Light, wasn't it? The, the, it was, and and to to the point where like as people listening along will know that. We, we, I I think at this stage we have a nicely symbiotic relationship with your Kilobrand, whether he's aware of it or not. Um, <laughs> but um, and we haven't had uh, a screenshot of that being very clearly a reference to something else, which I think only compounds that. Yep, I think we're right. It is an inner light reference. But I mean, how long were we like? But it's a different design. It's a different. I'm not sure. Ah, uh, I'm not sure. No, but you're right. It beamed an entire life into Giftbox's head. It, it it has to be. We we that was not a throwaway citation observation for us. I think that nearly was as twice the length of the episode itself. We were going through that one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we were so worried that it was like something obvious. You know, <laughs> we were going to put this out and be shamed publicly <laughs> for not catching this. But no, we were looking at all sorts of probes, Tom. I bet you were. <laughs> all sorts of probes. <laughs> Ancient Earth probes, cetacean yeah. probes. Yeah. Even if it had been like something, if it had been like a Klingon probe. I mean, Tom, you would have known straight away at this point if it was a Klingon probe, right? Because the Klingons are burned into your mind. Yeah, that's actually something I'm going to get to at the end of this episode uh, for a <laughs> question that someone sent in. Okay. I, I made a, uh, I made a, a short film at college about someone getting anally probed by two aliens. <laughs> Why does it this was, not surprise me? We had to make like we had to film like a uh, a monologue. So it was a it was a monologue of this person talking about how they got home and their their wife's like, "Where have you been?" And he's like, "Oh, you wouldn't believe this." And he just goes into this long story about how he got abducted. And then I got some of my friends to put on like these latex alien masks and stuff and then one of them nearly passed out because it was during a heat wave and they couldn't breathe and they had to sit down oh it was quite a time i like that <laughs> just when we think about that you forget about the stupid crap you've done throughout your life uh, I've, I've been doing this for so long that I, I sort of forget i appreciate that everyone forgets the stupid stuff that they've done throughout their life until it's like 
I don't know, middle of the night, we're trying to fall asleep, and it's like just going to hit play on this memory actually <laughs> yeah, from yeah. Uh, yeah I look, I, it's an old meme, but it's so accurate. It's, it's true. so accurate. You know, uh, so that's why like the Klingons bother you every time. It just like you know, kind of like oh, it triggers triggers your memory yeah. of that the time you nearly <laughs> killed one of your actors. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if we're scoring the episode, I would give us. I'd give it a six. I enjoyed it. There's there's bits that really made me laugh. Loved Talin. Talin probably brought it up a whole point for me. Um, I didn't love the whole isolinear chip thing. I thought the joke went on a little bit long. Um, and the sort of reveal at the end that they were just hazing them. I'd almost prefer that there that that what that didn't happen. That it actually was something so serious. So that because that could set up future jobs where it's just like, oh, this is so meaningless. But no, no, someone's got to clean the cargo pods or something like that. So for me, yeah, it's a six. How did your man know to specifically reference the fact that he was stuck in a Chula game as if like he knew that there was a Chula game set up to entrap him? Have they been watching them the whole time? Have they hacked into Rutherford's implant? Well, we know Ransom can like watch cameras on Voyager and stuff because yes that's how he saw Mariner uh encouraging Boimler definitely a middle road uh episode for me I think uh seven perhaps yeah I'm I'm giving it a six as well probably a light six for me um mm. it was when I was watching it I was sort of thinking about the scoring during the whole time and it was probably around a strong five but then the like I said the Twin Peaks uh reference bumped it up um a little bit yeah I similar to you Sean just like lots of the bits either went on a bit too long or just was like well, I'm not super interested in this um, when you watch a lot of sitcoms like you've I say sitcoms like this is a sitcom but like the sitcom format is used a lot in animation and TV and blah 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 and you start predicting things and I, there's the whole sort of switcheroo of this is what he's doing oh we've you know we've actually made this up in our heads he's not doing this oh he actually did do this at the very end that, that kind of thing it's like eh that's fine but I've seen it before. Um, so yeah, like six. I'm the, the thing with lower decks is that like, I'm looking forward to the next episode because even if it's one where I'm like not super fussed about, I don't really know what they're going to do next time. So like, it could be anything and it could be like one that I super love or, or one that I really don't like, but either way it's like, I'm excited to see what they do. So that's what this sort of show has for me over something like a strange new world i'm always excited to see what they do next rather than just you know watching yeah man it could be a trip to voyager or it could be a peanut hamper origin story yeah (laughs) shall we get to the news one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. 
It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. For over two centuries, you're listening to the Federation News Network. There's nothing. So we have a few bits to talk about in terms of Trek. Uh, let's let's open with the uh, um, people have been asking us about what we're going to do with these the very short treks, whether we're going to do an ups and downs for them. So myself and Chris, um, I think we've agreed we're going to wait for them all to release and we'll do an ups and downs for the bunch of them um, just because they're so short. Um, we've that had makes two, the most sense. Yeah. I think I think so. As of recording, there's been two released. Um, so how many yeah. are they going to be all together? I want to say six. I'm just double checking that now. I always find, I'll say that, put this in the podcast now that with Trek stuff that they always, there's no easy way of finding things. It's always like, oh, you have to watch it on this site or it's only going to be up for a bit and then it's gone or you have to find the information. I wish there was one easy place where everything was always there. What now? You're that's a radical, wild idea. You mean having one home for all of Star Trek? That's yes. a wild idea, Tom. I, know, I wish man. that home wouldn't suddenly get rid of one of their pro- products for some reason. Oh, that'd was, be good was, as well. It's it's almost as though you went to say another word that started with PRO, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah, yeah. For legal reasons, I can't. I can't say. Yeah, it. of course. Yeah, don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> yes, I. To be fair, you're you're right because. Um, Obviously, the current situation aside, um, when we go, speaking of short treks, uh, we're obviously here over in Ireland and the UK, and the short treks were available as you know, on Netflix as part of the, you know, trailers and more section for ages, and then they vanished. So it's just like, just, just please, yeah. one place, and I, will, <laughs> I will watch them, I promise you, I will watch these things. The amount of times someone in the Trek culture team will be like, oh, have you watched this thing? And I'm like, oh, okay, give me 10 minutes to figure out where to actually find it. Yeah. Well, I watched the uh, the most recent, very short track in anticipation for this podcast. And yeah, even like them not being funny wasn't funny. If, yeah. If you, yeah. I was watching it thinking I'd rather be watching season two of Prodigy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, than having this... Sorry, this is my cat. <laughs> you might have just picked up his phone. Chris's um, microphone suddenly just disappeared by his cat's head. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, yeah. This this is quite upsetting, like, that they're doing this. You can see, and the, the, the end card at the end where you can watch, you know, uh, more Star Trek animation, Lower Decks, and yeah, the, the animated series. But there's no prodigy there. You know, and they say like you know they were celebrating animation, and uh, apologies in this like void at the moment. But it's all right because we got Kid Cootie. Um, he's coming up. He, that they, is true. And do you know what? Yeah. I'm interested to see what you know what they do with it because Kid Cootie. I am. T- I'm going to show my age here. I am aware of Kid Cootie. Uh, I know next to nothing about him. But um, look, anything that brings new audiences in i'm happy with 
I, I will say that. So if he's talking to the youth of today, um, yes. that'll be awesome. Um, because obviously bigger audience can only mean a good thing in terms of uh, the franchise overall. I, I'm, I'm probably like seriously wrong. Um, I, I'm sure like the initiative behind it and everything is like, it, it's it's good. Uh, Sean read it out to me uh, during the week. I can get, I can get behind that. Uh, but it just it just seems like someone on the PR team is a kid Cootie fan and not necessarily a Star Trek fan. <laughs> like it, it it's like Vincent Mann in the wrestling. Like he thinks like everyone's a Pitbull fan. Like <laughs> Pitbull's like sung at multiple WrestleManias. I don't I don't know why. Like I only know Pitbull through exposure watching wrestling. <laughs> like I have no idea who he is. <laughs> um I've seen Coo- Kid Cootie songs a few times, but I couldn't tell you one of them at all. No, no, I know the name. That's kind of it. If I know my Trekkies, huge Kid Cootie fans. <laughs> <laughs> I find the, yeah. the problem with these shorts, and I will always, for some reason, call them short shorts. That's what they are in my head. I don't know why. Rightly so. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, That's quicker, in it, than very yeah, short treks. Very yeah. short treks. This is like a... Um, yeah. the, the problem with them so far, and I'm assuming they're all going to be like this, is that they're all one joke. It's it's they're all just based on a joke that they sort of stretch out for four minutes, which is fine. But if the joke isn't funny, then it just feels like a waste of time, yeah. and it's a shame because you know people animated this and worked on it, and I'm assuming there are people that really care that put some hard effort into making these. But then, like with most, you know, con I don't want to say content art doesn't matter how much effort goes into something you can still watch it and go Egh. and that's the kind of the feeling you get from these which is a shame mm-hmm. and like this you know it, it's nice for me because for once i'm not the only person who hates something on this podcast yeah. <laughs> i'm surrounded by them at the moment for this but it's um it's not fun we're not hating on it to be like funny it's just no. a shame is the feeling i get like it it could, it could have been like uh like actual canonical like little sidetracks in the form of the animated series style um mm-hmm. i mean i was shocked to see that uh justin t lee wasn't involved in any way um yes really nice guy uh he's the one that did the uh the best of both worlds in the animated series and then he followed up with threshold didn't he um really talented guy uh he's 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 uh the puppeteer, would you call it? The animator behind the return of Thunderbirds? Yes. Yeah. So um, without getting into a whole big thing, it, they were filmed in Super Marionation. Uh, and to mm. a certain age of audience, that'll be like, ha, ha, ha. And to another age, you'll be like, what? And that's fine. Um, mm. But yeah, so as you say, yeah, the best of both worlds, the uh, threshold, um, the gazelle automations are doing fantastic work. And I, I, I think you're right. I, I would have loved to have seen them officially um, sort of yeah. commissioned. And I, you know, it's kind of like if, if you haven't, please go and check out their stuff. I think a lot of people who particularly who'll be listening to this would have seen their animations of Threshold and Best of Both Worlds. But just yeah. if you haven't, go you'll you'll have a ball. It's really, really fun. It's really enjoyable. Um and I would love to see them either brought in in an official capacity or take over all of the animations of Trek Culture there. I said it. When I first saw these were being done, I assumed that it was with him. I assumed it was some project right. that they got him on. Uh-huh. But no, which is a shame. 
it was definitely like his idea. Yeah. So, so you know what I mean? Like to to bring that animation stuck. Well, he was the first one to do it, I suppose. Like, um, I know. I just I just feel like he should have been part of this. Um, yeah, it was like the guy who, what was it? The guy that there was a kid who made like Lego shorts, and then they put him, they brought him on for like the Spider-Man film. Was that right? I heard yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made a whole like Lego thing, and they took him on. And the, the whole Lego section in that film is made by him. So they, that's cool. They should have done that. There's lots of things that they should have done, <laughs> Paramount, but they don't do it. <laughs> so well, I, yeah, I, I really do like it when that sort of thing happens. Wasn't um, Capaldi's Doctor Who uh, intro? Um, yes, done that was, by yeah, a fan. That was fan designed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and cool. then they brought him in uh, to to do, actually do the uh, opening there. Or at least Actually, consult on it. I think you, you're you're one hundred percent correct, and the same is true of the Jody intro as well. That was done by a fan who had been doing. Have you seen yeah. the? Um, it's 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 quite on a Hulock that that YouTube short where they uh, this an artist combined scenes from Sherlock and wow. Doctor Who and made this really really fun crossover of Sherlock goes into the the TARDIS and everything. That sounds like that a tumbler's wet dream. And yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's where it showed its head for the first time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that artist was then invited to come and do the opening credits for 13's uh, tenure as well, which I'm loving. Like, you have this entire community out there who are creating content based on how they feel about the show. Sure. And I'm not like I'm not just talking about like, oh, isn't Trek culture great? All of us, all of us who are content creators because of what we love, tap into that. You know, I mean, they, they uh, have in the past. There's, there's examples like Sean Hargreaves, um, Bill yes, Krauss, of course, Bill yeah. Krauss recently. Um, you know, where fans have done something that's like so sort of like absolutely track, it has to be canon, you know, everyone wants it to be. And then years later, it is it, there, there's the F on screen, you know, um, yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah, I, I, it just seemed obvious to me to get uh, Gazelle Automations and Justin T. Lee involved um, because their their shorts look the business. <laughs> they look the real deal, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it so that was a bit be. of a disappointment. Uh, coupled with the fact that Prodigy, it, it does seem a little bit of a rub your nose in it a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. I, I don't come on this podcast to be negative, guys. Like, in fairness, yeah. that's that's the that that that's true. Um, some of the time, uh, but no, I'm I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the, like uh, we we covered this, so I I won't spend too much time on it. But to have an entire section of Saturday Day praising the animation of Trek, yeah. To then, and I think I I want to be careful about this. CBS. What is not the one disavowing the existence of Prodigy? So uh, just mm-hmm. th- because I believe we, we didn't get to see it, but the, uh, the in the screenings of Lower Decks there was a section praising Prodigy as well. So that is heartening, at least. Um, to then we're going to do new animation, okay? What, what about the one you've got sitting on a hard drive somewhere? I realize it's not as simple as that, but it's mm-hmm. just like oh, just anyway. Hashtag save Star Trek Prodigy. It's sad that we're still saying that though. And it, it is sad that uh, that there's no news forthcoming as well. Uh, the, the current strike situation over, mm. um, and th- there is this disconnect. There seems to be 
with um, reading the room when it comes to trackies at the moment. Um, you know, we, we, we've got lower decks on, and I've got yep. so much faith Discovery is going to be good, you know. Right. Oh yeah, I I I I I can only assume based on the trailers, which I have to say I thought has been quite fun. I think they're going to go out on a high. Um, and at this stage, we're season five of Discovery. My my opinion would be, if you're not sold at this point, you're probably not going to be sold on season five, and that's okay. You know, like I'm just not looking forward to the weeks and weeks of this isn't real Trek. You can go and watch Deep Space Nine and no one's going to stop you. You can watch Next Generation. That's absolutely fine. And you know what? Have a ball. Fine, I won't enjoy- say anything. Yeah, exactly, Tom. I was reading my phone. <laughs> I know. For oh, sake. Just because you hate Doug Jones with a passion. Oh, God. You just, the amount of smack you talk about Doug Jones, who I believe is one of the nicest people in Hollywood. Yeah. I love Doug Jones. I can't even pretend. <laughs> I think yeah, he's great. You can't. This is like, I, he's just, he's just like, I know these aren't canon, but like, why Why was he in the, the future captain's uniform next to Giorgio in the, uh, the past there? And also, was that Burnham? <laughs> was that supposed to be Burnham? And if so, why was Burnham white? Oh. In this? Because the character design, apart from the skin color, did look very much like Burnham in the pilot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is obviously because that was the destruction of the Europa. This is the Battle of the Binary Stars. I think the the Saru uniform gag is, you know, the animated series back in the day used to make mistakes with uh, uniforms all the time. So I'm, yeah. I, can, I can appreciate that one. But less so if that was Burnham. Uh, now would be a good time for them to make a statement to go like, no, no. No, no, that was not meant to be Burnham. But who was it? Who could it have been, though? I'm, I'm, it wasn't Detmer. Yeah, like and for the same reasons it wasn't Burnham. It wasn't a Wosakon. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like what? What? Who was it? <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna do a parody of the opening episode, and you're taking two of the three major characters from that episode, you've got Giorgio and you've got Saru. And you're gonna stick in someone else. Put in Connors. Put in Sarek. Yeah. Swing and a miss, in my opinion. The ups and downs are gonna be real interesting for this series. Put <laughs> yeah. it that way. Well, I I think I cut this out the last episode just for time reasons, but I believe that some of the episodes are written by our friend Aaron. Um Yes. And I and I'm not sure which ones they are, but I am looking forward to them because I trust him. And I feel like he'll he'll probably do a good idea. I I think it might have been cooler if instead of these little one gag shorts they're doing, they could have made like a story that was a celebration, you know, kind of maybe even meta within itself of animation of Star Trek, that they broke up into little short bits that, you know, every week we get to see the next thing, kind of like a serial. I like that idea. Yeah, I like that idea. Or they could have just given us one 20-minute animated series episode. Well, that as well. If, if if you add these all up, and they'll be about twenty minutes long, I guess. Yeah, but I'm yeah. assuming they they're going to want to milk it. So if we're going with the milking oh. it <laughs> option, that's what I'd do. Yeah. Of the so the the next episode is coming out. So this releases Tuesday. The next episode is coming out tomorrow, and then on the twenty seventh of September, the episode holograms all the way down is written by Aaron Walkie. Fingers crossed, everyone. Fingers crossed. But as you say, I have the faith. Well, is there anything? Uh, Trek 
culture related that we are working on or can talk about? Chris, are we allowed to talk about this yet? Well, I mean, like, it's not set in stone. I mean, you, you can tell them, I guess. Just just for being uh, extra special listeners to this podcast, yeah, go on. You, you, can, you can tease them. Okay, cool. So I'm super excited to say this. So to the, and I say this with such love, 753 million people who have sent us messages asking, are we going to do retro ups and downs? So, and actually, we love the idea. Yes, is the short answer. The long answer is that the reason it's taken so long is because we're trying to find the best format to do it because um, we're not going to do a thing where we go back to the cage and do every episode all the way through. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to pick an episode to start with. Uh, We'll probably engage with people online to go, you know, kind of try and gauge interest in what would be the maybe the best episode to start with. So that is very much still TBC. Um, And there's a couple of changes we're going to make to the format. Nothing drastic because you're still going to get your ups and downs episode. So it's not going to be drastically different, but there will be just a couple of things. We'll be very aware of the fact that, you know, it being retro, things will have come out since the release of the episode that we will address in in these videos. I think we'll uh, perhaps like do polls, Sean. Like if it's, we'll give them like a choice of four that perhaps we want to do. We'll run polls, uh, I guess, and see like what the most popular choice would be out of the batch um doesn't mean that we won't do the ones that we that weren't voted for uh we'll get to them uh because there'll probably be some good ones in there as well i I just want to give sean like bad episodes as well and not just episodes that he loves like sub rosa i love sub rosa i'm sorry it's so flipping ridiculous uh but yes so um in the same way that we have our hashtag Ask Trek Culture, we're probably going to start introducing things like maybe hashtag retro ups and downs. We are working on that. I've just come up with that off the top of my head um, for suggestions as to what would be the the, the most fun as well uh, episodes to start with. So um, and we're probably go, you're probably going to start seeing in the intro of our ups and downs for lower decks, uh, little teases or you know, little reminders that this is coming Um, So now is the time to get your say in as to what you would like to see in terms of episodes that we cover for ups and downs. So we're very excited. Yes, we are going to trial retro ups and downs. And if it goes badly, we will never speak of this again. Okay, cool. And also, it might be a good time, Sean, to uh, start encouraging uh, more subscribers. I'm sure everyone here listening is subscribed. Uh, but tell your friends, we're 15,000 subscribers away from 300,000. What an achievement, that's, guys. Yeah, it's That's achievement. incredible. I'm delighted. And also, I'm super, super grateful. Thank you, everyone who is subscribing. I know you. you hear us, you hear YouTube creators all the time being like, oh, thanks for subscribing. Every click matters. It literally matters. So every time that you share a video, that you like a video, and particularly obviously subscribe, it makes such a difference. And it means we can do things like retro ups and downs. It means we can do things like podcasts. And so thank you so much. 15,000 sounds like a lot. We as Trekkies can make this happen. So thank you in advance. Years are awesome. And heads up, Sean's going to be probably uh, asking for more subscribers. (laughs) I will be begging you as if twas for a final meal. Shall we now 
speak to our lovely audience by going to our hashtag Ask Trek Culture section. Thank you, everybody, for sending your questions. Remember to use hashtag Ask Trek Culture uh, for future episodes, and we may read your question out at the end of the podcast. Uh, I'm probably just going to do one question today, um, and it's from our good friend at Wayne Voto or Voto. One day he'll tell me how to pronounce that. Hi, Wayne. Uh, and there was a picture attached to this. So, you know, if you haven't seen it, go on Twitter and find this picture because it made me laugh. It was a picture from one of the alien films, either Alien 3 or 4, and it's the alien with the xenomorph coming at them, and um, but they replaced it with Moopsie. Oh, and, I've seen that one. It's brilliant. Alien yeah. 3, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alien 3. Um, and they said, this is how I pictured Sean Ferrick and Ellie Little Child treating Tom C. Finn when they recorded the most recent episode of the uh, podcast, which is it was exactly how it felt. There was no escaping them bloody moop seeing me the whole time. Uh, but the question now for my hashtag Ask Trek Culture question, what Trek alien species do you hate the most and why? Really, I'm fishing for why Tom hates the Klingons. So let me explain that quickly and then I'll let you guys answer. It's more specifically Klingon episodes that I don't like than the actual Klingons themselves. I do have a few issues with some of the stuff they do with Klingons, but it's more especially sort of some TNG DS9 episodes of, of Klingons I don't really like. It's the same sort of thing. It's always about honor. It's always about Worf having to prove himself. Um, the lighting normally is kind of, you know, dim as well like it's always kind of dingy everything's always like brown and gray and then there's torches all over the place and there's people saying honor and fighting and i'm like i get it so after a while i just get a bit sick of it i don't hate the klingons completely i do like the i like the klingons especially in um search for spock and and a few other things when i like them when they feel more like space pirates that's kind of the klingons i like i love the duras sisters but less spoken about that the better but yeah that's that's my beef with the Klingons. What about you guys? The Baku wind me up. <laughs> like, you have the power of space flight. You could have easily reached out to the Sona at any point. Instead, you're like, no, nah, I'm going to keep this Fountain of Youth all to myself. And it's in Federation space. Set up a colony. Chris? In Sakarans. Sorry. <laughs> I'm always bleeping you out. <laughs> Let me explain, right? It, 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 okay, fine. You're not going to have our technology. Right. Okay, fine. But what they could do is they could supervise them. They could like let let set up one the the, the planet on the that they're on, right? And then forty thousand light years away set up another station where everyone collects and then they set up another forty thousand light year jump. You know what I mean? And and it, it supply chain it all the way home. And they, 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 they couldn't be asked even to do that. You know, like, I don't think that was a big ask to, you know, after what we did for the Romulans, like, I know we didn't like finish the job and everything. <laughs> we, as if like, yeah. I'm Starfleet or Federation. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, yeah, Sakarans, just bone idol. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. And what, what what good did it do them? They got assimilated, didn't they? So, yeah. yeah I was going to say like, you know, 
you know, they, they, they decided not to give it to Starfleet and decided to just hand it to the Borg. Pfft, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Favoritism. Clearly favoritism. And let us never speak of their fate again. Like, if, um, if they're in it just for pleasure, like, would, would they not get, like, immense pleasure? And wouldn't that be a story that they love so much? Do you remember that time when Sakarans helped Voyager get home? Ooh. And they would have had all of our stories from Earth as well. That's true. You know? Uh, yeah. Although... According to, depending on the writer, um, assimilation can be pure bliss. So, um, you know, maybe they're having a great time. Everyone, thank you so much for listening along. This has been one of those pleasantly chaotic episodes of the Trade Culture Podcast. And these are the ones I love. Um, you can follow us, of course, on Twitter at Trek Culture. Follow us on Instagram at Trek Culture YT. Please do subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. You can follow myself at Sean Ferrick on Twitter. You can follow the wonderful Tom at Tom C. Finn or at Tom Roberts Finn on the various socials. And of course, at Edit Chris Edit on both Twitter and Instagram. Look after yourselves until we talk to you again. If you don't, we'll come and give you a big old hug because you're wonderful. Make sure that you live long and prosper, everyone. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.